Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to our devotionals, The Gospel According to Zechariah, exploring this fantastic book just tucked away in the Old Testament. I'm really picking up today where Andy left us off yesterday. And so we're in chapter two, and it says this, uh, Zechariah chapter two, verses six to 13. The Lord says, come away, flee from Babylon in the land of the north. For I've scattered you to the four winds. Come away, people of Zion, you who are exiled in Babylon. In pursuit of glory, the Lord of heaven's armies sent me against the nations who plundered you. Anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. The Lord says, Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in the Holy Land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. Amazing verses for us there. And really what I want us to see this morning is that this passage is nothing less than the gospel message that we proclaim today. It's nothing less than the gospel message of the New Testament. The call here to return from exile, to escape the coming judgment, to be gathered back to God, is nothing less than the same message that we believe in as Christians. And I really think that that's what Zechariah is doing. There's many points in the Old Testament where they use their immediate context to to use it as a springboard to explain something bigger, where God uses it as a preview to give his bigger plan. And that's really what's going on here. So there is a sense in which, yes, they have been among Babylon and now they're being called to return to the Holy Land. But it's more than just that. It's more than just, I'll leave that city and come here. And actually you find in the Bible that the phrase Babylon becomes more than just an actual city, but it becomes a concept really, where any um, human civilization that rises itself up against God takes on that title and it goes back as early as Genesis. But if you carry on through the Bible, you find that, for instance, Jerusalem, when it rejects their Messiah, they become known as Babylon. And then the second century Christians were calling the city of Rome Babylon. So there's really this understanding that Babylon is wherever human civilization tries to uh, mount itself up against God. And so this call to return from Babylon would mean more than just leave that place where you've been exiled. Return both geographically for them, but also spiritually to the Lord, to his presence. And there's one verse I just wanted to focus on, which I want us to, uh, which I want to, to really act as a springboard for us to see the rest of this passage. Verse 13 says this, be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. What does this mean that God is springing into action from his holy dwelling? Other translations have, he has been roused from his holy dwelling place. 
there's a sense which God has stood up and he's about to do something. What does that mean? Well, I think that it's this. We've talked about this before as we've gone through Zechariah. There's this concept in Old Testament prophets called the prophetic present tense, where they say a future event in the present tense as a way of um, pointing out how certain it is to happen. It's as though it's already happening now. And I think this is a prophetic present tense of, of, you know, what does it mean for God to be roused from his holy dwelling place? Well, we open the New Testament, what do we see? We see God leaving the glories of heaven and taking on flesh. We see the incarnation of Jesus. What is that if not God being roused from his holy dwelling place? That we see God coming from heaven to meet us in a manger, springing into action for the sake of his people. Coming to his own in order to bring his own back to himself. I I think that that's what it means for God to be roused from his holy dwelling place. And I think, let's just think about how this passage then might link in with something like John chapter 1. John chapter 1 is that beautiful prologue to the gospel where John kind of says to us, we can't really understand the ministry of, of Jesus and what he came to do unless we understand who he is. And so first we have to understand that he is God. And, and John 1 kind of makes this really clear about Jesus's purpose in coming. You know, he has come to his own. He's come to bring peace with God. You know, I, I love it in John 1 where it says, and he has come to make his dwelling among us. You know, he uses such rich Old Testament language of the temple. He's come to make his temple among us. It talks about he's come to um, give us the right to be children of God. He has come in order to bring us back to himself. But how does John 1 start? John 1 starts with that phrase, which is kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of a bit enigmatic, really. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So there's this mysterious figure, the word, which is both with God, but also identified with God. You know, and I think a better translation, which many translations do have, is uh, everything that God was, the word was, or the word was divine. In other words, you have this person who comes from God and yet shares all his qualities. And John obviously identifies this for us as Jesus. Jesus is God coming to us. Which obviously in our in our phrase, we just in our thinking rather, we, we wonder how can God be both with the word and the word? How can Jesus be sent from God and be God? How can he be the Son of God and God Himself, truly God, truly man? And it's just like how we see in, in this um, passage, for instance, it says, The Lord of Arm of Heaven's armies sent me against the nations. So the Lord of Heaven's army sent me. It's kind of God is in the third person. But then it says I will raise up my fist to crush them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me. And then it says that the Lord is coming to live among you. I will live among you. It's kind of like God is both the sender and the one being sent. How are we to understand this? And really both of these passages are forcing us to to think Trinitarianly, to think about God in Trinity, that the second person of the Trinity, truly God, truly human, has come to dwell with us and restore us from exile. You know, the exile away from his presence. He's come to bring us back to himself. 
And so really we have to read these passages, read about the, the gospel message with the lens of, of what God reveals later on in the New Testament, for instance, about Jesus, about Jesus being God himself come to bring us back to himself. So I really think this is what the gospel message is. Essentially, when we are preaching the gospel to someone, we are standing up and speaking the message that Christ says to us, which is, come, flee from Babylon, flee from exile, come to me, come to the presence of God, come to the promised land, and I will dwell with you. It's what God declares here, and it's what God declares to us in Christ. Return from exile, come to me. Even for those of us who are Christians, we should never forget that Christ is calling us to return to him, to leave behind our sin which exiles us from him, which separates us from him, and come to him. And and really we see the ministry of Jesus here being prophesied. You know, I will live among you, and then you will know that the Lord of heaven's army sent me. When it says, the nations will join themselves to the Lord. You think about what happens immediately after Jesus' ascension when he sends out his, his apostles. They bring all the nations in. The people of God become filled with every race and ethnicity. You know, th- there's this expansion of Jerusalem, not as a geographical location, but as a people. It sees all nations flowing in. It's reinforcing this idea that this is God's prophecy of his church, that me and Andy have been making the point that these are not to be understood about a geopolitical entity in the Middle East, but about the church. And that prophecy is still expanding today. It's not that we read this and we say, this has been fulfilled in the church. Instead, we read it and say, this is being fulfilled in the church. This is God's past, present and future plan for his people. And the big promise here, as Andy mentioned yesterday, as we saw in Revelation 21, amazing promise, God comes to dwell with his people. He comes to dwell with us. He gives us his Holy Spirit to fill us. And then eventually he will transform this whole creation where he will dwell with us. You know, it's what Zechariah says to us here. God will dwell with us. He will live among us. He will be our God and we will be his people. I love love that verse in Revelation 21 where it says, And I saw no temple, for God and the Lamb were the temple. God's very presence with us is the temple with us. So that is the promise that God gives us. So the question for you is, you hear Jesus calling to you, come, return from exile, come to me. How do you respond? Even if you are a Christian, how do you respond to that constant call from Christ to return, to leave behind the things which have separated you from him? Because it's a decision we make every day. John Calvin said, "Every uh, sorry, that the life of the Christian is a life of repentance. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have promised to dwell with us, that you have begun to fulfill that promise, and Lord, that one day that promise will be complete. Lord, we thank you that you stand at the gates, bidding us to return, to enter in, to leave behind our exile, to leave behind Babylon. And Lord, I pray that by your spirit you would bring us in, that you would make our hearts uh, ready to respond to your call. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.